Hello and welcome to the Inklecast. Today we're talking about side projects. I'm Joe. I'm John. And I'm Tom. So today we're talking about side projects, um, what John's calling white whales. Why do you call them white whales, John? Well, the white whale is the one that always gets away. It's the one that you keep trying to do, but you can never quite get it. Like, it feels like it should be possible, but somehow it never is. So it's not really the project you don't have time to do. It's the project you just don't quite necessarily have the skill to do or the right idea. Yeah, or just... I feel like there's also a category of projects which are just too silly to do. But, okay, but you can't right. you can't really justify spending any time on them at all because they don't really make sense. But at the same time, you keep thinking about them because they sound quite fun. For me, so, okay. I call that a bucket list project. It's something that I have to do at some point, just not see, now. See, I, I don't even feel like I even need to do them. <laughs> I have a list of projects that I feel like, no, I'm never going to make, but... I kind of like the idea of... So what sort of thing? So, okay, so to kick us off, this is definitely not a white whale. It's definitely in the silly category. Okay, we need a good animal for that. The sort of... Right, so... Giraffe. Upside-down dolphin. Well, on that topic, (laughs) my my game idea is it's a cat game idea. I really like the, the idea of a game about human resource management. So it would be a strategy game where you're a cat and you have to manage your humans. Oh. And as a cat, you also have to manage your territory and f- kind of fight other cats and maintain your territory. But it's also about manipulating your owner and uh, trying to encourage your human to give you food. Right. And so sim cat. Yeah, effectively. Yeah. <laughs> but I like the idea of tackling it in... A less of a cutesy way and more of a slightly more of a realistic mm. cat way, but uh, sort of through the lens of cats basically manipulating their owners because cats are the ones in charge. I like the idea that every, you can add a like slight narrative layer if every night. Oh, oh yes, cat... we have to make this podcast <laughs> oh, yeah, narrative. Yeah. <laughs> every night the cat goes to sleep and it dreams about like being a super predator on the African savanna and murdering gazelles and just being really, really big and tough and strong. And then it wakes up in the morning. It's like, oh, I'm a cat again. <laughs> Well, it goes without saying that this would sell all the copies. Yeah, well, it's true. To say, yeah. you know, maybe maybe this isn't like such a, a silly idea because actually it's it's kind of commercial. There is a surprising lack of cat games in general. Yeah. Like there's yeah, been a the, couple of dog games. I and and when you see um, an animated GIF of a cat game, often it does get a lot of views like that in cat game where all you do is um knock objects onto oh, the floor collateral damage yeah it just it, it's just hilarious and everyone mm. loves it it's, yeah it's very gifable yeah quite right right mm. exactly mm. okay all right definitely not a white whale yeah but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time yeah i do it, it does almost feel like a bucket list game a little bit like i would actually love to build it cause I, <laughs> and I actually think it could sell a load of copies mm, yeah. <laughs> well there, there is a that reminds me that in Sorcery 4 there is a cat area there is right, a cat yeah. easter egg and it's the second most popular bit of the game with all of our beta testers right now they all <laughs> love the bit with the cats yeah um, so yeah, there's a data point right there. Cat simulator, that's what you call it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it made me think no, of... no. I wanted to call it uh, human resource management. Oh, okay. It's, well, it's kind of a, it's a difficult. That's already a game though, isn't it? No, there's. I was really annoyed. Yeah, there's human resource machine, ah, which right, is, okay, yeah, yeah, came yeah, out a couple yeah, of months no, ago. Okay, fair enough. It just reminds me of Sim Ant, which was this game yeah. that came out when I was about eleven or something. Yeah, I loved that and, game. Well, that's the thing. I didn't have a computer that was able to run it because okay. we had CGA and you needed EGA, and so. It was 
was one of those games, one of those many games that I read about in the magazines and looked at the pictures and never got to play it. So in my head, Simant is the most amazing game ever because <laughs> I've never actually sat down in front it of it. It was really good, actually. Well, I, quite, I, really I was quite it. interested in Ants when I was 11 as well, so I really would have liked to have played it. But Isn't The Sims more interesting in every single way, though? Than Sim Ant or Sim Cat. Than Sim Ant. Sim Cat is obviously superior to them both. <laughs> well, yeah, except it's got ants in it. And if you find ants quite interesting, was, then... The people I, I, have a bit more nuance to them. Yeah, okay. okay. I, I, I actually think ants are really interesting because they have all this really kind of complex and social structure. And nests. They're really interesting yeah, shapes yeah. and amazing. And actually Sim Ant, I think... I think what was quite impressive about Simant is that it was kind of quite well simulated right. and it made you really, as a child, I remember like getting a really good understanding about how mm. ant colonies work. I'm now really I'm cool. officially so jealous of you for having actually played <laughs> Simant because I've played it in my dreams so so often as a kid. I always died. My colony, the colony always got like attacked. I by remember reading in one of these magazines that it was extremely hard. Yeah, it is yeah. quite hard. Yeah. But I mean, it's Poor a tough things. life being an ant. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was tough life being an individual ant. If you're ants in general, you're very successful. But yeah, right. Tom, okay. what's your white whale? Uh, oh, I've got a bunch. Um... <laughs> Tom always makes prototypes. That's one of his features. <laughs> All right. So there's one that I really want to do that I'm pretty sure nobody's going to do, but I really want to do a 2D dancing arcade game. So in the same line as like Tony Hawk's or um, yeah, Tony Hawk's is a good example. Like it's something that's very combo based, and it's something that's very score focused. Like you play for two minutes, and you try to rack up the best score possible mm. by chaining together set predefined moves that look and feel cool. Um, and they have a little bit of sort of execution challenge uh, in the controller. <laughs> so <laughs> when Joe and I were at Sony, we worked on a game called TV Superstars, <laughs> and the one game that we spent about seventy percent of the development time on that game doing it was like a series of mini games. It was a dancing game called Frockstar, where you had to wave your move controller in time to, <laughs> to the music and you gained combos for getting them right and there was a system behind it. So I've worked on that game and it was all right, but it wasn't great. It would definitely not be a waggle stick game. How can you do it if it's not a waggle stick game? I'd want to do it so it's um, more, I guess, gymnast than dance and it would be about pulling off button combos in the same way that you do in Tony Hawk. So you'd be like... Down B gets you into a crouch, and then you uh, press up X, and then they'll jump. And if you hold backwards, then they might do a backflip if you've got the right thing. And then you want to land them in a certain way that sets them up for the next so, move. And it's exactly what you do in Tony Hawk's. So would you do a routine then, or would you would you kind of make it up as you go along based on your environment? Because the thing about Tony Hawk's, you have an environment to kind of cue you into doing certain moves, and then you string them along, right? Yeah, I think an environment would definitely be nice. Um, I feel it should just work on a flat floor. Um, so just doing a pirouette that goes into a backflip that goes into a handstand or something would be cool and get points for chaining mm. those three things together without coming to a standstill or basically just running out of momentum. I guess but you'd need no something to make it, it different each time. Because like if, you're a, if you're like an Olympic yeah. acrobat gymnast, then you're executing the same pattern of moves yeah, over exactly. and over again. It's, it's a routine and it goes to a piece of music. Yeah, but at least you're like you know, in the physical world and getting stuff wrong for muscular reasons, whereas on a game it's so sure. easily repeatable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess you could say the same about Tony Hawk's, but I suppose what's nice about their levels is that you're always moving forwards. You're mm. moving away from the, the other game I was thinking of was Mirror's Edge, edge which mm. it's not quite the same in terms of its mechanics, but mm. like... Oh, it's interesting, yeah. That's... I was, yeah, so were you thinking first person or third person? I guess you were thinking Definitely third Definitely 2D third person, like, because yeah. there's so many axes that could make it quite complicated, I'd want to make, yeah, 2D and then allow the 
the, the complexity to come from the controls and possibly a physics system. Oh, mm. we were talking about this the other day, weren't we? Because we saw a video for that, um, the ballerina surreal game. I oh, forgot yeah. the name yeah, for yeah, it I was now. just thinking about that one. Bound, maybe? Uh, yeah. we, Something like that. We'll have oh. to look it up. Yeah, we'll have to look it up. But that was that looked really beautiful. And it mm. it was sort of the kind of surreal, low-poly world that irritates me from a, a narrative <laughs> point of view because it doesn't mean anything. But... Um, the main character is this sort of ballerina who's bouncing and bopping and floating and flowing and using this ribbon. And it did look, it did look very, very nice. Yeah. I, and also I think I saw it maybe a year ago and I wasn't that impressed, but I think recently their animation has been improving um, and getting better and better and better. And it's made a huge difference to the way the game looks and feels. Yeah, a game I mean, like that is Because totally the animation, animation is so it? important. Absolutely. Because when I saw it before, it just sort of felt vaguely camp it was just kind of this <laughs> ballerina just tiptoeing along for, and you know without any particular reason but now i think it's all coming together and it's it's mm. looking great actually yeah the the bits that i saw really had that the feel that you get when you watch modern dance of just sort mm. of it's about the lighting and the staging as much mm. about the movement and the music and mm. kind of that really quite powerful impactful yeah still quite alien but mm -hmm. yeah all right your turn john Oh, I don't know. The one that I always say when people ask me what I'd like to make is, is a heist game. I've talked mm. about heist games before, or a con game. I want to make a game that makes you feel like you're in an episode of Hustle, mm. where there's that bit where it turns out that everything doesn't quite work the way you think it does, but somehow, somehow as a player, you sort of set that up. Mm. But I've never managed to come up with a mechanic that doesn't feel like the game is just telling you what to do, or yeah. as a player, you have no idea what to do, which might be interesting. There's this film, um, The Brothers Bloom, which is by the guy who made Looper, who I think is doing a Star Wars film now, Ryan mm. Johnson. And The Brothers Bloom is not a good movie. It, it, the, <laughs> the first half of it is one of the most amazing movies I've ever seen, and then it really falls apart, which is probably true of Looper as well. But the idea is the protagonist is one of two brothers who are con men, but he's the little brother and his elder brother never tells him what the scam is. So the little brother has this life of they'll turn up in a town and there's a magical cave with goblins in it. And as far as he's concerned, it really has got goblins in it. And he leads all the kids there and then somehow they all lose their money and they move away from town. And then and then it goes on and on and on. So people will turn up like a, a woman turns up and falls in love with this little brother. And he doesn't really know if it's a scheme that his elder brother is setting up or if it's a real person. And he just never can tell what's real and what isn't. So he's kind of the victim of all these cons, but also the perpetrator of all these cons. And it's a really lovely magical realist setup. Mm. And maybe you could do that in a game where the, the player is sort of somewhere in between being the architect of the cons and the person who is being conned the whole time. Because being conned is quite fun, as long as you don't actually lose substantial amounts of money. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I've because it's like a, it's like an illusionist. Yeah, right. Exactly. Something. It's like being. It's like you want a magician in front of you, and so maybe that would be quite fun. But I've never, I've never come up with a setting that really has momentum to it because something like Hustle has just got to barrel forwards the whole time. Mm. It's got to keep dragging you along. I liked your description of what you said in the past about um, how all of the events could be told sort of in retrospect, and that they could all connect by saying you know, I, you start a scene and describe how the entry happens and then it kind of does a flashback and then you can have nested flashbacks of saying how you got to that mm. point and then the way that, that, they, that you got to that point depends on what the player chooses to do in that flashback. Yeah, because comic films then, are always... Flashback storytelling is a, is a right, classic thing. exactly, yeah. And then 
yeah, if, if you get to a point where you're completely stuck, you just claim that one of the flashbacks wasn't true. Right. <laughs> In the way that that's, yeah. that's another thing. Yeah, that yeah, that's kind of the do. Prince of Persia Sands of Time approach. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I don't know. I've never... So there's that. I, I guess that one doesn't really count maybe as a white whale because I've never actually tried to build it. The one that I do keep trying to build and failing is the procedurally generated narrative game where like <laughs> you have a randomised level, you walk through the level and you find things and they construct a story as you go. And I'm, I try that periodically every couple of years mm. and every year I go, oh no, this is really generic and dull. I used, I used to suggest that idea to you. I know. And you I'm, used to say, it's a terrible idea, it just doesn't work. Yeah, no, exactly. And I still, and my, all of my empirical evidence it. is it doesn't work. <laughs> and, but every now and then you go, oh no, but of course it's easy. You just need to do and then it never, then it doesn't work. Did yeah. you do a murder mystery recently? Mm, I was trying to do a murder mystery that, yeah, I almost got to a point where it could write the plot of a murder mystery if you gave it enough data. But then mm. it didn't answer the question of what the player was going to do in the first place. Well, I sort of had an <laughs> okay. idea for that, but... Yeah. And that, that's the kind of the no, no Man's Sky problem, right? You come up with this awesome technology and then you realise you still got to build a game to put in. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really dreading the release. I read a lovely article on Rock, Paper, Shotgun about how they were hoping No Man's Sky was never released. <laughs> and, I, and it was okay it was clickbait probably but i thought it was a really it really captured the way i feel about it that i'm going yeah, to buy it i'm going to play it and i'm going, going to be, to be so disappointed yeah and i'll be sitting there thinking how much would we have to pay to buy their universe off them so that we could do something <laughs> proper with it but not that filling a universe with procedural narrative is something that i think is possible talking of which that's something that we should do another Inklecast episode about we should do an episode about fixing games that we believe are broken that's Ooh, a good idea that's a good idea okay well look out for that later thanks for listening <laughs> see somebody needs to say bye yeah you're <laughs> right <laughs> all right bye <laughs>